Yes, Kayla. Would you give up all of your humanity for some sweet, sweet robot legs? Uh, can I think about it? Yeah, would <laughs> you didn't have enough time to think about it? Okay, you're right. I had some time to think about it. And... Like literally your whole life, because I guarantee you, this isn't the first fucking time you thought about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm all in for technology, the singularity, whatever you want to call it. Oh. I'd give it up. I'd give up this human shell to have a sweet digital existence. How about never having sex again? Uh, <laughs> you're making it more difficult, but can I have robot sex? I mean, def- I'm sure. Sure. <laughs> okay, you can I'm have robot still. sex because I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, today's episode is me and Adam uh, binge watched the entire uh, cyberpunk anime and we're gonna talk about it today and i i and full disclosure we do also play the tabletop game this is true but we're not going to talk about that we'll i mean we'll probably end up talking about it at some point <laughs> but um also full disclosure this is going to have spoilers it, yeah good call on the spoilers all, all spoilers i like that we just both thought of this right now <laughs> Very good idea. Yes, yes. Good idea. No but, spoilers. So, everybody dies. Yeah. Not everybody. <laughs> Most. Almost. I almost called it from the beginning, but I guess. Uh, so, yeah. What are your? Did, what were your original like hopes for this anime? Um. Well, like most things anime, I try to not have any hopes. Perfect answer. <laughs> That's what I do with life. That's yeah. my general. It's my only advice to growing up is uh, expect nothing and always be impressed. Okay, so here's the deal. I messed up while we were recording this episode. And I had to cut about seven minutes worth of content. But luckily, Keelan doesn't know that I've actually been listening to the last two weeks podcast as I do all of the podcasts that we release. I don't just blindly upload files. I saw the length of the last episode, I knew it was two hours, and I saw the mascot episode, and I saw it was one hour. I just figured he was putting in some extra stuff in there, and I didn't really care either way as long as we had, you know, enough time for our listeners to enjoy something. So, what I've done is taken an old concept that we had for this podcast. It's a review, a nature review of a tree. And I've put it in place of the content that I had to cut. I figured it would do you guys some good because, you know, we're talking about cyberpunk and all this high-tech stuff and cyberpsychosis and it, it can get kind of heavy. So anyways, just enjoy this review of the tree. And let's see if Keelan notices what I did. Um, I guess we're going to have to figure out a name for this segment, too. <laughs> but uh, we've decided today that we're going to look at a real nice tree in my neighborhood. 
It's about a 20 foot tall Palo Verde. It might be 25 feet tall. Um, would you like to give us the criteria in which we're yeah. judging this fine tree? Absolutely. We will be reviewing this tree on four factors. Aesthetic, shade factor, climbability, and the danger factor, meaning you know, thorns or anything that might stop you from getting close to it. So let's do uh, aesthetic first. Uh, very aesthetically pleasing. The reason why I chose this tree is because it reminds me of the Lion King. Okay, I see yeah, that. It's got the nice little, it's probably a two and a half foot thick trunk at the very base that is very swirly and gnarled going up into a forked, like the swirl continues one way and then the smaller fork just kind of shoots out of the middle but continues curling on its own direction. Yeah, I do like that swirl quite a bit and it does flow quite nicely into the fork. I also like that the tree has a bit of an ombre, is that the term? Where it almost fades from like a, like a dark brownish gray up to like a green where there's more like new life up at the top. So it's got like a cool like color shift almost from bottom to top. Yeah, the bark on it is crazy. Like it's very, very thick for a Palo Verde. I don't know if anybody knows what a Palo Verde is, but they usually <laughs> have like a real thin green almost skin and not bark until they get like a certain age. And yeah. this one looks old as fuck. It does, yeah, it almost looks like it has a beard or something. Because Palo Verdes are usually smooth, like you're saying, but this yeah. one has almost like a cell type pattern on it with where the bark is getting old. It's pretty awesome. I mean, I would say this is about as close as it gets on aesthetic. Um, I guess it's not perfect, so I'll give it a 4.5. I'm gonna go with a 3.5 because although it looks real good, I like other trees better, and I have personal grudges against Palo Verde from <laughs> learning how to ride bikes. Ooh, a little bit of personal bias going into this one, huh? Palo Verde prejudice? Yes. <laughs> That's kind of rare. What's that? That cardinal in that tree right there. Oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> Hello, cardinal. I'll take a picture of you. I can't even see it. What the fuck? <laughs> That's why I turned my brightness all the way up. Oh, I see it now. Wow. That was cool. Literally, I've never seen a cardinal <laughs> in this neighborhood. Yeah, that I've was... seen parrots in this neighborhood, but I have not seen a cardinal. Interesting. I, I don't know that I've ever seen a cardinal like in southern Arizona, or maybe even northern Arizona for that matter. Well, I know you've seen a cardinal in school because they brought a stuffed one in third grade. <laughs> well, I didn't know we were counting stuffed <laughs> I, I, You have to count all of them when okay. you live a cardinal-free life. <laughs> Anyway, so that was a nice... See, our nature bit is a good bit. Yeah, it is. That's <laughs> nature wants it to happen. Yeah, nature's telling us, keep going. But yes, I do have a little personal bias. Well, that's fine. Uh, stop tree hate. It's not hate, <laughs> yeah, it's just, just I love other trees more. This yeah. is why I can't have more than one kid. Because I'm going to be like, nah, Jimothy is much, much better than you, Schmarl. <laughs> 
because <laughs> my kids can't be named normal. Um, Shade Factor. Shade Factor, for a Palo Verde, I will give this a five because Palo Verde are shit for shade most of the time because they're very short and just kind of have like sticks. Yeah, they're very sparse, like spread apart, not a lot of cover, although they may occupy volume. But you're right, uh, this one is a little thicker. I'd say more so on the, the west side. The, I mean, the sun is helping well, that right now. Yeah, that's, yeah, but this has been groomed into a nice canopy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that is also true. Um, you know, I, I see what you're doing. For a Palo Verde, I would rank this quite highly. But for I'm going to just stick with the scale of a regular tree. And I'll give it a 3.5. I, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm just surprised that a Palo Verde can be used for shade. Frankly. Oh, very impressive. I, I agree. So you're giving it a full five? I'm giving it a full five. Nice. It's trying hard and breaking boundaries. <laughs> you go, tree. Climbability. I'm going to give this a three because although it's very climbable, it's climbable all the way up until the new growth, which is covered in spines because it's a Palo Verde. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm gonna kind of go along your path. I think it's very climbable, but in like two sections. And it's like, they're kind of disjointed. Like there's this shorter section. You have to kind of make quite a leap to get up to the, the taller section. So I'll, I'll, I'll just give it a solid 2.5 right in half. Did you give it a score? I did. What was it? It said three. Because oh. <laughs> it is very climbable all the way up until it's not. That's right. I missed the number. All right, uh, Danger Factor. Danger Factor is a five. This is a fucking Palo Verde. <laughs> <laughs> it's as climbable as you think it is. It's, it's going to like snap at some point because that's another thing that they do is they're real tough until they're not. They're a strange tree. I guess I'm going to give it a four. Because it's not like you're trying to climb an actual cactus. Yeah. Um, wait, so danger is a higher score, less danger? or I would say more danger. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> I'm going to go pretty low. I mean, there are thorns on this, yes. Um, you know, you could fall from it. It's not going to support a lot of weight. Uh, it doesn't Palo Verde make you itch, too. Oh, Maybe yeah. that's just a me thing. It, no, it's a... <laughs> It's a most people thing. All yeah, it of has that like milky sap in it, right? Yeah, that's gross, but yeah. yes. <laughs> um, everything makes me itch, though, because I'm a child of the millennium, yeah. so I'm allergic to the world. Yeah. So I'll say danger factor two. I'm saying four, man. What if this falls on you? If you try and fucking grab that shit while you're up there, you fucking are going to take spines going all the way down. Yeah. That's true. All right, well, that is our tree That's review. It. Do we want to name it? <laughs> the main character, David, is yeah, basically... Yeah, we should probably go back to start this. <laughs> There's this kid named David. Yeah. Well, so he's basically just like some kind of loser kid at a rich school that his mom sent him to. And I find this to be one of the most bizarre points of the plot. His mom gets murdered in the, what do you even call that? She gets caught up 
I was going to say, it's not really a murder. It's collateral damage, yeah. I suppose, of gang warfare. So this kid and his mom are just driving on the highway, get caught in the middle of this gang shootout. His mom dies, not from the shootout, but because the car that got shot up crashes and she crashes into it. Right. Well, she also dies because she gets ignored. Right. Yeah. That's so- his whole deep seated hate like blooming towards the corpse yeah trauma team shows up so in the cyberpunk world you can pay it's like an insurance policy kind of but for the living uh trauma team just shows up and they'll take care of you they'll even like murder people that are trying to attack you if that's the case um but they see him and they're just like nah you're not a customer and so his mom just dies takes off on (laughs) him and his mom but what i don't get okay so then the mom dies, he's going through her belongings or something, and he finds... Literally. Literally just finds it in a bag. Yeah, like, drops out of a closet in a bag. He finds the San Devastan, super sweet name, uh, which he doesn't even know what it is at first. I think he knows it's cyberware. But he talks to his friend, who is a ripper doc... And he's like, hey, I want to sell you this thing. He's expecting like 10,000 eddies. And he tries to lowball him. Um, But this is what I don't get, right? So the mom... So once he gets the cyberware, he gets it installed. Um, Then this gang comes. Like, he's kind of tricked by this girl he likes. They come, they try to steal it. But then the main guy from that gang, whose name is Maine... (laughs) That's why you mentioned, you're like, what is that? You were laughing about somebody's name meaning something. And I was like, I don't think any of them are really names. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Maine is saying, oh, I bought this thing from your mom. It's mine. Yeah. So what, do you, what don't you get about this? So David's like, no, this is my mom's. Like, it doesn't belong to you. And he's like, who's your mom? He tells him and... Maine is like, oh man, your mom was a real one. She's great. We love her. We do business with her all the time. Yeah. So what I don't get is like, she's kind of involved in the gang world. Yeah, she's a black market dealer. They bring it up like four more times. Uh, I guess I'm just surprised. Them being like, is that why your mom was always broke? Because she was paying, like they rub in his schooling, like every chance they get to point out that that's what is that's all his mom did was she worked her normal job and then apparently stole government's equipment <laughs> see that's the part that's surprising to me it's like she died in an accident that was tangentially related to a world that she was involved in but it wasn't the direct cause of her death yeah but in that world that's like how probably 40% of people die. <laughs> That's true. There's there's other statistics you have to look into it. What I don't get is his Ripper Doctor friend who won't give him more than 6,000 eddies for that fucking uh, San Devastan. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll install it for free. Yeah. that He just is giving him shit about selling it, and then he's like, no, I will install it because you will die. And I will get it for free. But this guy is hooked up to a bunch of machinery. He could have just taken it 
Instead, he spent several hours doing some crazy custom job because this weird thing is meant for a huge human being. Like everybody else they show wearing it is twice the size of even as big as the main character gets at the end. Well, not at the very end, but right before the very end. Yeah, very true. They start out, I mean, the very beginning of the whole thing, you see this giant, like, warrior type of dude just taking down a bunch of cops. And then they eventually take him down. Um, Very reminiscent of Ghost in the Shell, that opening scene. But yeah, so it's, like, obviously built for a much larger person, and then they install it on this (laughs) schoolboy. Yeah, well, it also turns out that he's... He's the chosen fucking, whatchamacallit, uh, science project? Yeah, for the product, as they call it at first. Yeah, does it all end up just being about that cyberskeleton? Yeah, that's what the product with? is. Yeah, which I think is... I didn't like the cyberskeleton at all. I basically lined up with the main bad guy when it came to the... <laughs> way that the entire thing worked he was like this thing shit it it moves real slow and you have to have these two giant magic things on the back to make it work so you're talking about adam smasher yes okay yeah i'm not so as far as the cyberpunk world goes it's like very close to where i want it to be visually but just off to like the muscly side too much for me they're too buff, you're saying? Well, yeah, and it goes into, like, more Superman-esque built bodies, which I kind of just aesthetically don't like as much as, like, sleek robotic shit. That's why all the, like, skinny guys I like better. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that choice in the animation, too, because in all the source material, it seems more like what you're describing. Well, it goes both ways. Is like... There's either giant gorilla people or there's scrawny assassin people. Like, yeah. you're either a ninja or a gorilla. But they did make the gorilla seem like a better option in that, which I guess I haven't played the game at all, but I'm not a big melee person in games unless it's required. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Uh, in the tabletop game and in 2077, there's gorilla arms. I think other than that, I don't really see a ton of, like, buffness. But yeah, in the anime, it definitely became, like, a physical strength thing. Like, the main character the whole time is just getting physically stronger. Well, he also gets gorilla arms. That yeah, hide literal. <laughs> yeah. That he steals off of his dead body's friend, which I would like to bring up right now. If you kill me or I die around you and you loot my body... It's okay. You did what you were supposed to do, and I have cool shit sometimes. Like, you're not going to get any money out of it, but you will be able to make a small shelter in case of emergencies and or light a cigarette. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm with you on that one. Please loot my dead body if you ever find it. <laughs> it's, it's the best way to recycle. You reuse. Re, what is it? Reduce reuse? Yeah. So you're, yep, that's yep. the second part of the loop. Yeah. I thought, like, the animation of the Sandeva stand was pretty cool, too. Are you talking about the action of it, where you go into rainbow mode? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was. It was a little... The first couple of times they did it, 
I didn't really like it, but it goes with the music real well. And they stopped doing it because the first couple of times they do it, they like basically the whole screen turns into a rainbow and it gets kind of annoying, but they stopped doing that. Yeah, towards the end, it would just like zoom in on his eyes, and he would kind of have like a rainbow. Yeah, thing well, it would. His yeah, eyes. it would also like he was about to start activating it. Yeah, or it would just like have one streak across the yeah. bottom, and that would have been him doing the entire action. Because basically, the sand devastator turns you into the Flash. Yep. It kind of, it makes it seem like time slowed down. I mean, what's really happening is his reflexes are super heightened and he can move super fast. It's basically, I mean, the representation of the sand devastan in the anime is like a spinal cord. Like yeah. a cool looking, like hexagonal spinal cord type of thing. So yeah, he gets this installed and then he can basically just zip around like the flash. Um, I think they call it bullet time (laughs) yeah bullet time from max Payne or from the matrix i think it actually came (laughs) from max Payne. i think it did too (laughs) i'm not sure i know that because i did did max Payne come out in 2003 why do i think that that's exactly right but i I might be wrong definitely very close to that if anything i'd say maybe a year or two earlier let's look it up because I remember by the time, like, the first Matrix video game came out, and it was called Bullet Time when they were describing it in that. 2001. Ooh. Yeah. The original Max Payne, 2001. Wow. Lasted, that whole series lasted about 10 years. Well, Max Payne 3 came out in 2012. You remember they made the movie, right? I never saw the movie, but I, I do remember I have not it. seen the movie, nor have I played any of these games. Well... I played part of Valkyrie or whatever it was. Okay. I don't know that one. I don't know either because it was just, I was somewhere and there was a video game and I didn't want to be there. So I beat whatever video game it was, (laughs) but it wasn't like a bad game. Mechanically, it's an all right game. Uh, Storyline wise, I couldn't care less. Yeah. It's a cop game. (laughs) But Okay, so let's backtrack a little. So he gets the San Devastan, right? Immediately meets this like street girl, Lucy. Like you don't see her body, you see I think her it's hair. supposed to well, I think it's supposed to symbolize that that's what he notices first. Right. But then he's on the fucking train and the same fucking thing happens and she's <laughs> all the way across the train behind him like around a corner. I'm like, "Oh, okay." Don't get it, but she's pocketing people or stealing people's neck chips. Yeah. Data, what's it called? Shards. Yeah, Uh, see, I don't like that they call them shards. (laughs) Basically SD cards. Yeah. Yeah, so she's, the girl is a net runner, basically just like a hacker. Um, And so she's like popping shards out of people's heads. And he's just using the San Devastan to like flash his way around and pick them all up. How was she doing that originally? Because she just has, she's popping them out of them somehow. Yeah. You know, she just right clicks on the drive and selects eject. <laughs> I, d- I think that's how it works. I mean, I think it would kind of be like that. That's why you don't have fucking Bluetooth in your head. Yeah. Closed systems only. You got to have one of those neck ports. <laughs> Well, that's what I don't get, too. So, like, 
she she's a pretty talented net runner i suppose and that does kind of come out later but the internet doesn't exist in the cyberpunk world it kind of does yes and they so let's just say the internet is broken and far away is basically how they describe it yeah and regular people don't really connect to it corporations use it right and people access the corporation and whatever but as far as like a personal level you know your phone or your agent as they're called it's not going to have the typical world wide web like we're used to right now so i was under the impression that you would have to like jack in to someone i mean that's the way it works in the rpg yeah but they had to update that is that the way it works in the game, though? In 2077? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a time where it doesn't. I mean, I... you can... Yeah, I guess most of the game is that way, where you can just scan people and then yeah, quick hack them. because I was going to say, they've had that mechanic since, uh, at very least, the... What's the one with uh, something mankind? Deus Ex? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because Deus Ex is basically a super watered down version of the cyberpunk world yeah they even go as far as to have almost the same upgrades <laughs> nice i haven't played that game either but that game's a fun it's good that's one of those uh unless you're really 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 trying it's a six hour game okay like you can get through it pretty easily the decision making in that game is i don't understand yeah, because there was a couple of decisions that I made. Like, it tells you to do stuff during victory, which is a terrible idea. <laughs> so, like, you beat a boss, and then directly after, you were just like nail biting, and everything goes. And you know how it goes into that cutscene where you get to put down your fucking controller for the first time in an hour. Yeah, yeah. So right then is when it's like press square to let him live, <laughs> and it times out if you don't press anything in like one second Dang. and just chooses something. So there's like three decisions in that game that I was just like nerve wracked and had to put down a controller and then like decapitated somebody. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't know what ending I got. After this little montage, right? David is falling for this girl. Um, she basically is like, yeah, come back to my place and we'll like go over our spoils. And that's when you meet the whole crew. Sort of. One thing happens before then. What happens? He almost dies because he uses the Sand Devastator too much. That's true. The Sand they... Devastator. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, but she tries to get him to the hospital. And that's how she finds out that the thing in him is the one that she was the other right. guy supposed, that main supposed to get. Yeah, yeah. And that's why she makes the next decision. Because otherwise, Good call, they yeah. were actually going to work together. She wasn't originally a fucking bitch. That's true. Yeah, and she kind of flip-flops, right? I guess just in this scene in particular, which kind of happens down the line, too, with the other characters. But Adam, you never trust another soul in Night City. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so they tell him, they're like, I think they specifically say, only use the Sand Devastan two to three times per day. Yes. <laughs> Which is really interesting that, I don't know, that just regular doctors would even have that knowledge. Because this isn't like a Ripper doc. They go to a regular hospital, don't they? Well, they're in an ambulance and the guy notices it and he 
steals people's shit. So he's like not a normal guy. He's yeah. a murderer. Yeah, nice. Who has a job collecting? <laughs> like he's the equivalency is if like Jack the Ripper also had a job driving an ambulance. Like yeah. no one would know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they tell him they like, hey, don't be using that sand devastan. Your your head'll explode. You'll go cyber psycho. Which Again, just a general theme of cyberpunk is like, hey, all this technology is going to drive you crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a an amount of cyberware that your body can have before it completely rejects everything, which in reality would just make you die of internal organ failure. But in this uh, makes you go insane and disassociate and just walk around murdering shit, which... The only thing that confuses me about it is the things that they show everybody disassociating into is them walking around in calm, peaceful situations. Yeah, that's very true. Why are you, why is your default just murder when you're walking around like a nice, peaceful desert? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so like Maine, uh, part of the crew, he's like the big buff dude. And he's the first one of the crew to kind of go cyber psycho. I think, well, he's right? the only one of two. That's true, yeah. And I guess it's really only Maine and David. Yeah, and the other one is also Maine, just the <laughs> other guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but when Maine goes cyber psycho, he's like out in an open desert. And just yeah, like, just walking around. <laughs> yeah. Just shooting stuff. At one point in time, he's just staring at a fucking wall. Like yeah. going cyber psycho, I don't entirely understand why it always turns them into a murder. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if if you're just a super happy person or maybe like a train enthusiast or something and that, you go cyber psycho. Yeah. Wouldn't you just be like, I'm Thomas the Tank Engine? Oh my god, that would be terrifying. If you were just a gun toting bipedal fucking machine with <laughs> every weapon imaginable and they have cool fucking weapons they're all tucked away and bionic but you thought you were a train <laughs> yeah. you're just fucking running through stores that one i would kind of understand if a bunch of people died but everybody in this like the the first cyber psycho you meet just a guy that's urinating yeah and he blows somebody's head off for no reason at all other than he was told not to urinate yeah, yeah. So shortly, shortly after we meet the whole crew, um, they kind of just get to their exploits. Yeah. So right away, it's like, oh, we're gonna steal your Sandevistan. Then they like, oh, your mom was a real one. Cool, work for us. We meet the whole crew, right? So we get introduced to Pilar, who's just a psycho tech kind of dude with robot fingers yeah he specializes in having <laughs> large hands yeah <laughs> he's like the gadget guy of the of the whole crew he also enjoys looking weird like that's one of his things yeah definitely that guy probably drinks jaeger bombs would be my guess he seems like that type i don't think the jaeger survived the future <laughs> well you know metaphor to the present day but yeah you're probably right Jaeger was the first thing to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure the plants that you need to make it don't exist. <laughs> yeah. So we got Pilar, we got his sister, Rebecca, 
who is a uh, child psychopath. Yeah, it doesn't ever actually <laughs> explain if she's a real child or if she just looks like a child. She kind of looks like Harley Quinn. Yeah. A little bit. Yes. White makeup face with a bunch of same colors, the purple green kind of thing. Um, we got Maine. He's the giant dude with gorilla arms. He reminds me of Rhinox. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, then we've got Dorio, who is a large buff woman. Um, I don't really know what her skill in the crew is. I guess she's, she's kind of an pretty enforcer. much the actual ghost in the shell analog. Motoko Kusanagi. Yeah, <laughs> she's the. She even like almost dresses like her. Yeah, that's true. Like sport sport jackets with the titties out. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's why they didn't like make a point of pointing out what her specialty was because we all already know what it was and there was a whole other anime about it. They just kind of <laughs> yeah. let her do her thing. Because everybody else they gave montages to. Yeah. Um, is that every- Oh, and then we've got Kiwi. Kiwi is also their net runner, which... I'm not sure how Lucy falls into it, if they just have two net runners. No. That's why Lucy wasn't being used as a net runner originally. Lucy is just being used as like a pickpocket. Okay. She's just a member of their crew, and they have to use her as a net runner because main cyber psycho punches out Kiwi. Right. Yeah, so Arasaka, which is one of the corporations that's like basically running the world there's two corporations that are always at war with each other arasaka and militech so they're hacking or net running um arasaka kiwi is doing it and she while it's happening main starts to go cyber psycho and just punches her face off yeah literally (laughs) but kiwi is a little bit of a traitor um, I'm trying to think of exactly how it went down. You again. are way jumping the gun on the trader part. Are you finding it harder to enjoy your work life? Does it seem like things just aren't as fun as they used to be? Well, that's because you have a silly adult brain. You need to reset it. And have a baby brain like me. Well, that's right, folks. Unicorp is back with another great invention. The Baby Brain 5000 will erase all of your positive adult memories, reverting you to the state of a baby who has no memories. So when you're at work and you're thinking of the good times and you don't want to be at work, Well, if you use the Baby Brain 5000, you won't have any good memories left, and you won't regret being at work. (laughs) Yay, that's right. I love working. Unicorp. Fuck yeah. Unicorp. The only choice for your future. But wasn't she already doing it right then? No. 
Okay. She doesn't turn traitor until like after everything. She's just a bad person all the way around. She's the person where I got the quote, don't trust anyone in Night City from, but which is when, so basically when she turns traitor, you're like, that's right. She is, but she's on their team all the way up until three eyes, dude. Um, Faraday, uh, offers her the traitor job because originally they don't know about like the whole side, like net runner thing. None of that is exposed until after basically until after Faraday's already gone back to rehire them because he goes back to rehire them earnestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny how they're all just like, yeah, we're pieces of shit, but look, now there's money to be made. So you want to work together again? <laughs> well, that's how real crime works, man. <laughs> yeah. That's also great. how normal government works. David attacks this kid that was bullying him. Um, he gets the Sandeva stand and he's like, all right, now I'm going to beat up this bully. He does it. And then they go to the kid's dad, who's also the principal. And he's like, why would you show me this at work? <laughs> That's the first thing. But he's not the principal. The principal sends him that video. He's in a conversation with the principal about it. Oh. He's like, why are, that's who he asks, why are you showing this to me at work? <laughs> okay. Well, I it's, think, it's all making more no, sense. No, but so I think that the principal is also, for some reason, uh, like in the Arasaka Corporation as like a board member or something. Right. Because he seems to be put in a place. There's all kinds of communications that go through him that it's like, that's not a principal's job. Yeah, which I guess that's where because he's also who talks to his mom, right? Yeah, it's. I think that it's one of those things where, because it's like a corpse, the leader of the school is also some form of board member. Yeah, and we learn too that Arasaka uses children basically for their experiments. That was a super secret one, which did can. Why wasn't there a second model? <laughs> like, they just started a super secret brain trust thing with no one to stop them, and then they didn't do, like, a version 2.0? You yeah. have to grow children. You have to start that shit the second you pull the first batch out. Otherwise, it's going to take you however long. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is maybe because I think they all died except for Lucy. But that's that has nothing to do with it. I'm talking about growing more children. Because yeah. they, like, stole those kids. So you have right. that program going. Yeah. Those kids are going to get old and die. Of course. Yeah. So you have to have replacements for them. You yeah. don't wait for them to get old to start replacing them. You just run that 2.0 right after them. That's why I'm yeah. like, why wasn't there just another facility with another 12 kids in it? Like, that's what I don't understand is why they don't just have a bunch of these yeah, what I was saying is maybe they were like, oh, everyone died. This is a failure, but... Have you seen how they do shit? <laughs> yeah, the it's way a that, stretch for Arasaka. I the mean, way that they tested company. their cyber skeleton was to give it to a teenager <laughs> and set up an armed conflict with their rival. Yeah. Well, so I think, I mean, that's my best idea of why the principal is in close contact with them. It's like, 
breeding ground, you know, like, oh, we're watching all these kids. If any of them have some kind of potential, send them to us. Or like, we're going to put them in our experiment or something. Yeah, I just don't under he he had a lot of weird responsibilities that if I was him, I probably would have <laughs> set some boundaries and maybe died because that's what happens. Yeah, but overall, like it was a good show. I liked it. The music. I was not expecting to like the music. Usually, I'm very indifferent. Like probably Cowboy Bebop, which has an emphasis on music, is the only thing I really. Uh, fully coolie, yeah. But that's it. Other than like I, every other anime, I'm like cool, bouncy music. <laughs> I don't understand, man. Great. <laughs> yeah, I like the departure from just crazy techno and drum and bass. That's in most cyberpunk stuff. In 2077, too, I had a great soundtrack. Um, but it's very like European <laughs> techno. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool, but I did like the departure, and they went kind of poppy, kind of jazzy for this, which was cool. Um, I did find out, too, the people that produced it, Studio Trigger, I think they're called. Um, it's like a former Gainax employee. I don't know if you know Gainax, but they're the people that made Evangelion. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking that during the show, it's like, oh, this is kind of reminiscent. Is that why he's a whiny bitch the whole time? I think so, yeah. That's yeah, the this only... Dude. We only know how to make one protagonist. <laughs> yeah. Whiny bitch. Yeah, Studio Trigger. Yeah, he is a lot like Shinji. I mean, there there's a lot of parallels to Evangelion, even. Kind of the whole, like, oh, these are all kids that don't know their power. That's Will he be able of, to run the suit? <laughs> that's also kind of an anime thing all the way yeah. around. Like, we have a crew that's almost good enough to do the job. Will they do the job? The answer is yes, unless it's a one-shot, which this one is a one-shot. Spoilers. <laughs> Everybody dies except for the driver and Kiwi? No, not Kiwi. No, Kiwi, Kiwi gets murdered. What yeah. the fuck's her name? And Kiwi kind of redeems herself in the end, by the way, since we were talking about yeah, that. Yeah, she does. Because she gives the location of Yes, she betrays the them and then gets betrayed and then gives them a phone call and tells them where to go enact their revenge, which is, frankly, the appropriate thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, why were we bringing that up, though? I don't know. Probably because we're close to the end, so we should probably talk about the end of it. Yeah. Oh, uh, I remember why. Anime tropes. Um, of course, Lucy, they had to get the moon involved somehow so they could do the quintessential, like, two main characters falling in love over the background of a moon scene. I don't think that they needed to get the moon involved for that. I don't think it's involved in any of the other animes where they're just sitting in a park with a giant moon in the background. <laughs> Yeah, but Lucy tells you that her dream is to go to the moon, and David says that he's going to take her there. Which is a lie. Yeah, he never does. Uh, technically, <laughs> he pays for the trip, but... That's true. With his life. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he basically, from that point on, after David starts wearing the Sandavistan, uh, he just, well, not wearing, he has it surgically installed... But he just keeps getting crazier and crazier, and everyone is warning him 
uh, like, hey, man, don't do it. You're going to go cyber psycho. And he just keeps pumping himself full of uh, immuno blockers and getting crazier with his cyberware. Um, they kind of trick him into wearing the cyber skeleton. They don't kind of. They 100%. Well, they fully trick they him go by like, impersonating Well, they Lucy. go like Machiavellian on him. Yeah. Because they have, there's like four layers. There's at least two betrayals involved <laughs> with setting the whole fucking thing up. And like, he got set up, set up. Like, Kiwi's sitting in the truck giving him the installation instructions. Yeah. And Faraday flips sides pretty quick, too. Well, I don't, he's trying to play everybody. Because yeah. he thinks he's he's doing all, everything to get the... Well, originally he's tr- doing shit to just not die. Right. But then he f- realizes he can get a raise, which also doesn't work. Which, by the way, if anybody tells you that you're supposed to kill everyone that knows everything about the thing that you're doing, you're <laughs> going to die at the end. That's how that works. Yeah. Leave four people alive so they can't kill you until you hunt them down <laughs> and they can make like a 20 part TV series. Yeah. Yeah, but they kill him and they kill, uh, they kill everybody. Yeah. Yeah, at the end um you know, so David finally gets the cyber skeleton. He's able to wield it. Is that the right word? <laughs> it doesn't just immediately make him go insane correct uh and then he fights the uh the rs well adam smasher at that point i'm not sure who he's working for if he's he rsok or militech he works for rsok okay because they set up the fight against militech yeah so for a while it looked it because i was confused for a while because i thought they were like oh they're just attacking with their own guys but they're like they told militech where their thing was going to be Right. So Militech was trying to just steal it, which means there was a fucking whole army organized and sent after them out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because Adam Smasher originally works for Arasaka 2 in like 2020, because this story is taking place a year before 2077. Yeah. So I think he does flip sides, but yeah, he's Arasaka. So then it's just like a showdown, pretty much, between two giant cyber suits. Yep. And uh, the uh, protagonist gets owned. <laughs> well, does he? I mean... It's a good battle, but I mean... He gets shot right off the bat yeah. and then ripped apart pretty slowly. Yeah, he well, he watches his friend get smashed first. Rebecca just gets squashed. Well, yeah, I called, like, every death <laughs> in this entire thing. Yeah, you really did. The first one, even, like, just some dude taking a piss, and they go talk to him, and you're like, he's about to die, and then he gets his head blasted yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> 100% tropes, but... Yeah. Um, but that is one of the things I actually really enjoy about the cyberpunk genre, is I feel like they never try to tie up loose ends or give you a happy ending. They're just like, no, this guy's getting murdered because well, they, he took too many drugs. <laughs> well, yeah, they, it's all it's all one shots, which I prefer with anime, especially. Yeah, like even if it ends up being like three or four seasons, 
so long as it ends. Like, I am a huge fan of one season and you, everything's okay. You're done yeah. with. Um, lots of people get really upset about that these days because they can't just watch multiple things. <laughs> but, like, I will never watch all of One Piece. I saw the yeah. math required to watch One Piece. I'm not doing it. I don't. <laughs> I don't have the time. Yeah, that's. I feel that way about Dragon Ball, which is way less than One Piece, and I still want to watch Dragon Dude, Ball. Dude, and I don't suggest that you do it. <laughs> You're too old. I'll give you a synopsis of all of Dragon Ball. It's not that. Like, it's something that if they made a supercut where they actually took all of the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z screaming out of it, yeah. it would be worth it. But the supercut is the one that you've seen. They've already done that. The American <laughs> version already has most of that cut out. And it's like it is 60% still, less screaming. It's And it's still almost 40% screaming. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, any lessons learned from cyberpunk? What should we take from all of this? What should we take from <laughs> cyberpunk? I mean, the first thing is ne never trust another soul in Night City, I suppose. And the second thing is, if you're going to go insane because you have a bunch of electronics in you, and all you have to do is take some of them out to not go insane, <laughs> maybe take out like your jump boots or one of the multiple like minor buffs that you have to not go insane instead yeah. of, you know, do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I get, that's a lesson. If you're already teetering on the edge, don't take your dead friend's giant arms and attach them to your body. Or, <laughs> or do, or do. I mean, you can, but just know that pretty soon things may not work out for you. <laughs> well i guess that's it are you gonna plug stuff yeah we can plug stuff uh as always i am vr frittatas on instagram check out the official upp twitter and twitch and if you're interested in watching twitch you can also watch me and my wife stream games on twitch we are andy underscore pants and I'm Jane Fritz on stuff. J-A-N <laughs> Fritz. Bye. Later. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like an ants on a stick kind of effect. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I always think of. Maybe this when isn't like... you're talking about focus? Because I think yeah. I know exactly the image you're thinking yeah. of. And I, it didn't exist in my head till you said it. And now I'm like, yes, if you zoomed in on one part of a stick while ants were walking on it, the ones that were yeah. directly in front of it would come into focus. Exactly. Yeah. I think that